Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you finding it difficult to get your child to sleep through the night? Are you suffering from sleep deprivation yourself because of it? Do you dream of regular sleep schedule for your little one? Even if you feel as if you've tried everything and it hasn't worked, there may be some tips and advice that have worked for others that can work for you. I'm Jen Varela with Sugar Night Night, a certified gentle sleep coach, and today we're talking about sleep solutions for newborns. This is Parent Savers Episode 76. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Hello and welcome once again, everybody, to Parent Savers, broadcasting as always from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online on-the-go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks again for listening to Parent Savers, and thanks for those of you who joined the Parent Savers Club. These members get all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways. And, as many of you recently know, we've unlocked the archives for everyone. So even if you're not a member, you can still access the archives. But to get the other cool stuff, you need to be a member of our club. So please look into it. Consider joining. You can also subscribe to our monthly Parent Savers newsletter for a chance to win membership to our club each month. And make sure that you've downloaded our free Parent Savers app, which is available for Android and iTunes, um, Android and iPhones, and you'll get our uh, podcasts as soon as they're available. So thanks so much for joining us. And and we've got an, a show that uh, is going to be of interest to pretty much everyone Every today. parent in um, the world. Every parent. Um, so let's go around the room um, so we know who we're talking to. There's a lot of familiar parent savers faces as well as our experts. I'm Joner. I'm the host. I have three boys, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old, Quinner, Whitaker, and Zyler. And they all stink at sleeping. Actually, Quinner's getting better at it now. Um, but Whitaker, and I think it's our fault too. But So anytime a sleep topic comes up, like most parents are happy to talk about it. So. Well, hi, I'm Erin Estevez, the producer of the show, also known as OG Mamacita. And I have one boy who is just about two years old. His name is Cash. And uh, yeah, sleep and he don't get along. It's well, actually, no, he's very he's he's good, but I'll, I'll go into it later. He's good and bad at the same time. And I'm Sunny Galt. Um, I'm the owner of New Mommy Media, which produces Parent Savers, Preggy Pals, and The Boob Group, and coming soon, Twin Talks, which is all about twins. And we're launching that new show because I am pregnant with twins, identical Woo-hoo. twin girls, uh, about 30 weeks today, and um, hoping I can make it to 38 weeks. That's when my scheduled C-section is. I've got two little boys at home, uh, so we definitely needed some girl power. Um, <laughs> Sayer is three years old. Irvin is about 18 months. As far as sleep is concerned, concerned my little guy will sleep through anything you just put him down and he's pretty awesome my older guy used to be fantastic at sleeping and he's still 
pretty good, but I have noticed like in the last, I don't know, maybe three weeks, he is totally refusing naps, which is not good for my schedule. And um, also at night, he really wants me to like lay down with him, help him fall asleep. And then he may wake up a couple times, you know, within that first hour and cry for me. So I don't know what is going on. (laughs) And Jen joins us as our expert. Jen, tell us a little about yourself. Yeah. So I'm Jen Varela and the name of my company is Sugar Night Night. And I have two children who are now eight and 10 and they're 20 months apart. So in the midst of when they were little, sleep was essential and really important. And most of my community was doing Cry It Out at the time. And I just felt like it wasn't the right match for my family. And that's kind of what launched my pursuit of uh, sleep and finding a gentle way to do it. So yeah. All right. Well, we look forward to the topic. Terrific. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here's a question from one of our listeners. Sarah from Connecticut asks, my twins are almost a month now and I'm looking for advice with their feedings. I stopped doing the one up both up because the second twin, my little girl, doesn't eat enough when I force her to wake up and eat and then she's hungry just an hour or so later. And if I leave her asleep at night, she'll go between three and five hours between being hungry. Lucas, on the other hand, doesn't always make it three hours. I feel like I'm constantly feeding someone and would love to hear any advice or tips on feeding at night. Hi, Sarah. This is Jonna Rose Feinberg. I'm an IBCLC, mom of twins, and editor of breastfeedingtwins.org. Hang in there. It's great that you've been able to recognize your baby's individual needs so early. This is a really challenging age for feeding and sleep issues. Babies of this age still need to eat frequently often every two to three hours, even during the night. By this point, babies have usually figured out there's a difference between daytime and nighttime, but that doesn't mean they're ready to sleep all night long. As you've seen, some babies start stretching out their feedings a bit while others still need to eat more frequently. Both are normal, but it can be even more exhausting when the babies are not on the same schedule. One of the best things you can do at this point is to make sure you are getting as much sleep as possible. Nighttime feeding is even harder to manage if you're not getting any daytime naps or you're staying up late at night visiting with family. Do your best to take care of your own sleep needs right now. Some parents find they're better able to manage nighttime feeding schedules if they arrange to alternate sleeping shifts with their partner. Maybe one parent is a night owl and will manage all feedings before 2 a.m. and then sleep a solid stretch until 7 a.m., while the other heads to bed at 9 p.m. and manages feedings after 2 a.m. For breastfeeding moms, your partner's shift would include everything but the feeding, getting the babies up, changed, and brought to you for breastfeeding, and then settled back down to sleep. If you're able to have extra help around the house from a relative or a postpartum doula, this is something they can handle to maximize your sleep. You may also find it useful to take a look at their daytime eating patterns. Are they eating on the same schedule during the day? Is there a way to adjust their daytime and evening feedings to help align their nighttime schedules? Maybe one baby needs an extra feeding in the evening or would do well with a dream feed before you head to bed. Eventually, they'll both be sleeping longer stretches at night, I promise. Come visit me online at breastfeedingtwins.org for more information and feeding tips. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's topic is sleep solutions for newborns. I know as we were doing introductions, a lot of us have older kids, but I know a lot of you listeners are new to the parent world or you're new again parents with young kids. And so today we're talking with Jen Varela, who is a member of the International Association of Child Sleep Consultants and a certified gentle sleep coach um, and also the owner of Sugar Night Night. Thanks for joining us, Jen. My pleasure. And we're actually focusing a little bit on sleep for newborns too, uh, from zero to five months, zero to six months. Tell, Tell us how this is kind of actually, believe it or not, a new thing. Yes, from the standpoint of what can you do that's a gentle solution for infants up to the age of five, six months. Um, It is new in the sense that uh, we're finding that there's a lot of research that shows that you want to do it in as most gentle way possible, but what can you really do? Because it's such a delicate stage. Um, After six months, there's a lot of the sleep has form together and it's it's a safer time to look at sleep training but sleep training under the age of six months um, studies are really showing that it's not necessarily advantageous Um, and so the fact that there are sleep strategies that you can do now for sleep shaping in a gentle method under the age of six months that's what's kind of new and exciting yeah and you were mentioning before and I, and I know that that resonates with us too that you just weren't comfortable with the cry it out I method. wasn't yeah um, and I know that, that it's a effective lot of and I'm not saying that it's not effective yeah but it's not effective for everyone and temperament plays a part in it and there's so much more you can do besides that so mm-hmm. well nice I'm excited to learn a little more but let's start with from a newborn perspective mm-hmm. you know how much do they really sleep and how should they be sleeping what what does a newborn really need when it comes to sleep So when they first come home, you may find that your little one's sleeping up to 16 hours in the day, somewhere between 13 and 16 hours. And that sleep is really purposeful for them. And they will wake frequently and um, probably every one to two hours. So when they're first, I know, (laughs) poor Sunny, it's coming. (laughs) Everyone's petting me right now. Like a double whammy pet right now. (laughs) So when they first come out, they're really kind of on a 90-minute cycle in the sense that Uh, about every 90 minutes they're sleeping again and that works off of a 24-hour clock if you will and so in the beginning um, you're not going to see a lot of extended awake time which also means that the nighttime is not going to start coming together so when they're really little um, you can expect somewhere between 9 and 12 hours um, during the day and night and then about two to six hours during the day as far as sleep does that make sense okay and then at two at two months they're still probably taking four naps a day so it sounds like there are some patterns to look for um when they're very young um the 90 minutes and then when they get to two months i mean are those kind of the patterns to look for in newborns are there other things to look for yes there's definitely so basically between six and eight weeks is when you might see the night sleep begin to lengthen. So in the beginning, you're doing kind of a 90-minute cycle all day long, right, and night. Then at around six to eight weeks, it's 
it's interesting because it's about three months is when their patterns become more predictable. So you won't um, really see them with biological sleep rhythms prior to that time. So it's all going to be fluctuating and all over the place. And that's normal. And it's really overwhelming for a mom because you're just looking for, am I doing the right thing? Are they getting enough? And what you need to know, it's normal that it's not normal. Right. Well, and <laughs> you're sleep deprived. Yes. And so then... Yes. What does that mean, normal and wow? Yeah. <laughs> right. So you're not going to see that four to six hour stretch until uh, probably closer to three months of age. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because if I ever, whenever I meet parents that say they have like a three week old or, you know, even like a month old, I'm like, they're not even going to remember talking to me. They're yeah. in this weird <laughs> fate. fate. Oh, they're in that, like, that in fog. a fog right now. And it's yeah. probably because of these sleep patterns mm-hmm. of the newborns. Mm-hmm. So we're saying that the transition to infant sleep happens around three months? Yeah, or is that's, that when, early that's when you're going to see the brain starting to organize sleep. So you're just not going to see anything predictable probably prior to three months. And then you'll start to see some lengthening at night, as well as you'll probably also notice that if your child starts getting really fussy between six and nine. Uh, PM or AM? PM, so sorry. Uh, PM. That... Maybe you were previously on like, oh, okay, there's a night nap and then they're awake and then they don't really go to bed until like 10 or 11. When you start to see that fussiness happening between 6 and 9, it's probably time to change their bedtime to something closer to 6.37, 7.30, somewhere in there. So that's when they're starting to organize. And then any awakening after that bedtime, you treat the same as as when they went to bed. You don't look at it as a nap anymore in the evenings. Oh, I see. So you just see it as a, like a mild interruption. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, For something who? like that. Yeah. <laughs> For us. They yeah. don't care. That's right. Yeah. So, because I think it's sometimes it's hard to know when when is that shift happening, right? For the newborns. And so I get a lot of um, parents who are like, well, my kid's sleep doesn't start till 11 o'clock. And, but you know, we're having a really fussy time. And then sure enough, if they just shift it right up and start bedtime um, in that seven o'clock, six, seven o'clock hour, then they start getting longer stretches. Well, that brings us um, to a question that we got on Facebook from Christine. She wants to know, how do you ease out of swaddling? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good question, right? Especially if they're starting to roll. We need to be out of the swaddle for safety, okay. right? There's a OT here in um, San Diego who talks about swaddling with their hands towards their face, which I think is so great because that gets them familiar, right, with that whole concept of, oh, there's my fingers. And so when you start the unswaddling, then it's not so stimulating. So I think the first step is to be putting the hands on the face and then, you know, you can be doing doing one arm and then start doing, you know, the other arm and then loosening. Halo, H-A-L-O, has great products um, for that and safe products. So um, swaddling's a tough one. And um, usually it takes about three days for them to mm. make that shift. Um, but it, it's for safety reasons, for sure, if they're rolling, you need to be done with okay. the swaddle. And there's great. some other great products you can research on that too. As an aside, Sonny, like, when you swaddle, are you going to use a blanket or do you use like a product to do it? It seems like there's a ton of swaddle products now. I have never, I have bought products, but I've never swaddled any of my kids. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I And they've slept, and you guys are going to hate me, but they pretty much sleep through the night pretty 
close. Yeah. You know, if they're waking up, they're not bothering me. So <laughs> I don't know if Manchester really sounds sleeper. Happy for you. That's my husband's yeah. sleep solution. <laughs> by no, the way. no, but my husband doesn't wake up either. So yeah. maybe, maybe my kids are just yeah. neglected. Well, the, the pass out on tequila sleep solution is not. That's what it is. <laughs> Too many margaritas. Yeah, you cannot not. endorse that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I haven't had to. I mean, I've, I tried to get my kids. I tried to swaddle them a couple times, and they kind of fussed. And I was like, okay, well, if you're going to fuss, I'm not going to swaddle you. Yeah, and there's actually some research in Canada coming out about swaddling it that it's not recommended. Really, so it's really interesting. What's going on with the whole swaddle world? What about what role does feeding play in these cycles? I mean, as we're talking about, even like the 90 minute cycles when right. they're super young. So because it's such a huge growth spurt time between, you know, zero and six months, um, that is a really varying need. And there's several growth spurts that happen. And so my opinion and the leading experts in this whole deal is you feed the baby when it's hungry, whether it's day or night. And basically, I think if you're having any questions or concerns about that, you really just need to go to your pediatrician or your lactation consultant on that. Um, I am not a lactation consultant, so I'm very mindful of where my expertise begins and ends. <laughs> um, what I am aware of is that you, if you get too focused on heavy scheduling, you can have a real effect on that breastfeeding relationship and establishing good feeds. So um, pretty much if I was to leave you with one thing out of this whole recording would be that anything that you consider a bad habit that you might be doing before uh, the age of six months can be taken care of after six months. So it's better to attend to your little one and make sure that feeding is really established. And if there's something that you're concerned about with that, that can always be addressed after six months. Got it. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you a question about, you mentioned schedules mm-hmm. and heavy schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that seems sort of like, a, you know, a, some parents like to cry it out. Some parents don't. Some parents like to be a slave to the schedule of the baby. And some like to not let that interrupt with the lifestyle. And especially when you have older kids, um, sure. you know, that can be, it can be tough to totally yeah. have everything centered around right. the baby's schedule. There's- what are your thoughts on the schedule is the center of everything or flexible or how right. important it is for routine. So there's a theory, right, in book and how it would look in the books is a perfect life and then there's real life application, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. The reality is when you have a little newborn infant, uh, you do need to be aware of what their cues are, that they're getting the amount of sleep that they need. So you do need to make naps a priority, um, which can be really difficult. However, to get so focused on stretching between feeds and you know getting so rigid on that I think um, can actually create a lot of anxiety for um, parents and it doesn't necessarily help or increase sleep because the baby's uh, sleep rhythms are going to develop over time meaning some are going to get there quicker than others so you can't like force them to sleep longer stretches just because you create this rigid schedule. They're going to do that at the way they need to do that. And so if you attend to them in that and are paying attention to that, and yes, you want to have some flexible schedule in place for sure. Um, You don't want to be so loose that you actually are putting them at risk because they're not getting enough sleep. But to get so rigid about watching the clock, um, actually, I just, I don't think that that's the most helpful way to go about it. Every kid's different, mm-hmm. and that's what Absolutely. I mean. That's a big <laughs> takeaway here. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, um, I know we've got some good concrete tips um, that you'll be able to share. That obviously 
not going to work for every kid, but hopefully some of them will help some of our listeners, maybe even us. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Welcome back, everybody. Today, we are talking about sleep solutions for newborns with Jen Varela. Uh, so thanks again for joining us, Jen. My pleasure. So the focus today is on sleep. Um, but I guess to look at it another way, um, why is you know being awake so important to infants, too? There's so much focus on sleep, and we have to have them sleep. But the waking cycle is important, too, right? It really is. There's a reason why babies awake, and it's for their survival. So if they're awakening, it could be because they're hungry, because um, they need to regulate their breathing. Uh, it could be body temperature. They need you to attend to them because they're cold or too hot. Uh, and it could be something like they're not feeling well, right? It could be illness. And it could be also for connection. So um, you really don't want a child to be sleeping so deep that they don't arouse for those needs. And um, so it's actually a good thing, <laughs> right? even though it's a painful thing as a parent, <laughs> yeah. right? That um, they have these short mm-hmm, cycles and these short mm-hmm. bursts. There's a reason that they need mm-hmm. to be awake right. that often. And especially if it's an ineffective feeding, if if they're not um, being able to get food the way they should, then they need to be wakening, and then you got to get that you got to get that figured out. But it is hard so, when oh, they wake exhausting. up at three in the morning, and your instinct isn't, "Oh, I'm so mm-hmm. happy you're awake." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just the reality that they may be not uh, physiologically mature enough yet to be stretching. Right, these expectations that we have. And I think that's the part that's the hardest. You have these, oh, well, my friend's baby is sleeping for, you know, six hours straight every night, you know, and you're like, and my baby's waking up every 90 minutes. And so that comparison can just really take you down a road of discouragement. And you just got to know you can't compare I, I call it don't should on yourself and don't should on your other mothers, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you need to be careful what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a question, though, for the babies that are sleeping more continuous? Like, what does that mean for those babies? I mean, because, I mean, I've had people say, oh, your baby's sleeping way too long. You need to wake them up. You need to nurse them. And I know this isn't a breastfeeding conversation, but, you know, I, I always, you know, get nervous when they do sleep that long. But at the same time, I don't want to wake a sleeping, sleeping baby. baby, right? <laughs> yeah, and so this is... Again, where I think you really have to check in with your pediatrician and check in with your lactation consultant. It's normal at two months to be between the hours of 10 and 6 a.m. to be waking two to three times a night. Once you get to four four months of age, then it would be somewhere between one or two times a night. So, you know, again, every baby's different. And if your pediatrician is happy with what's happening, you know, then then I think you're okay. But at the same time, I think to have an expectation that they should be stretching to a certain... Right, mm-hmm. right. It, that's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so far I think the important parts are that, you know, not normal is normal. Yes. And every kid is different, so yes. don't freak out. Right. But now let's try to look at the tips that we could maybe help mm-hmm. um, parents... Absolutely. ...with, with quote-unquote, problems or at least getting... At least surviving. Right. So I would be remiss as a sleep coach not to address how should your baby sleep. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, there is the saying of uh, back to sleep and, and tummy uh, to play. And there is a real significance that 
uh, tummy time is essential, even if you look at it from neck strength, so that if there was something that was blocking the baby's uh, sleep airways, they would have neck strength to, you know, make that adjustment. So, um, and they're just showing that, that tummy time is so important with, you know, motor skills and balance and all that stuff. So first thing is your the sleep environment, baby needs to be sleeping on their back and it needs to be, you know, a cleared out crib. So when your baby, so tip number one is back to sleep, tummy to play. Okay. Number two, it's important to meet your baby's needs. Um, research is showing that skin to skin contact, responsiveness, touch and eye contact help hardwire the baby's brain, which will lead to a more secure attachment. So um, the earlier you respond to your baby, the better. And um, if you think about it, they don't have words. So I always tell my clients, like they can't say, oh, rub right here. That's that one spot that feels right. They don't have that. They have wah. So, <laughs> right? So communication happens a lot in tears. So the quicker you respond to your child in those tears, uh, the better the attachment, and you're going to learn more about your child. So I'm, I'm one that really believes in answering I call the nice ask. Like, don't mm-hmm. wait till your child gets to a full escalation. Yeah. Address it when that's... Yeah, you sometimes know. you want to say, oh, let's just wait. Yeah. Maybe they'll work You can through, train right? them to cry, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm heavy on attending to them quickly, um, and especially in these early in these early years so and just know and I'm going to say it again you can't break your baby so anything that you think is a bad habit can be addressed later Um, so it's better to attend number three find what soothing techniques work for your baby yes Um, so you know all newborns go through a fussy period and it can peak around six weeks uh, and it can last up to four months so, uh, you know, finding what works for them, there's a lot of talk about a womb environment. And if you think about that, that makes a lot of sense, right? Um, so that's where the movement, the rocking, the bouncing, swaddling, white noise, dark room, that's all really helpful. And then um, a lot of babies find it really um, helpful to nurse to sleep. So don't get afraid because, oh my gosh, you know, they seem to only want a nurse to sleep. Yes, you need to take a look at that and, you know, look for ways that you can soothe your baby besides nursing down. But thank goodness if you do have that option, that's great, right? So just know it's a unique set of rules at this time. Yeah. Right? It's it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, you know, maybe there's some guilt in doing that associated with. But it's interesting because... I, especially with our third, but even with our second, I remember one of the things that I was so daunted about when they were babies was like, oh, geez, I got to figure out what this one is doing now. Like, because <laughs> my last memories are when the other one was an older baby and we totally had it worked out. Oh, when you look like that, we're going to go get some water yeah. or we're going to go do this or I'm going to hold you on your side and go shh in your right. face. And then, <laughs> wait, that worked with your brother. Why isn't that working with you? So yeah. you really do need to, mm-hmm. it's a puzzle and mm-hmm. you, and it takes a few weeks mm-hmm. and days and weeks, which mm-hmm. seems like forever yeah. to figure out how to sue them. Yeah. And um, Heather Irvine and Kim West have put a lot of this material together and it's amazing listening to their successes with looking at just each child as individual. You cannot put them into a box, not under six months of age, you know? Right, and if older kids, of course they're all individuals, but for babies, there's this feeling that they're going to be all cookie cutter and the same, and they're not. Number four, establish a consistent and flexible routine. Let me say that again, flexible routine, (laughs) right? You'd asked me that earlier. So basically, you know, you're looking to do the same things in the same fashion, right? So... 
um, you know, when they wake, that's a great time to do eat, then be social, and then sleep, right? So knowing that a routine at this time, at this age, it's going to be very short. Um, you know, it's not it's not like you're going to get 45 minutes. Let's read this book for together, right? <laughs> so, um, so the expectation needs to be kind of look at your whole day and look at the rhythms of the day and see where you can kind of start creating the cues. So I named my company Sugar Night Night because that's what I say to my kids when it's time to go to bed, Sugar Night Night. And so sleep cues can be a really great um, thing to introduce, which is there's an association when when mom or dad says this, that Mm -hmm. it goes with bedtime. So anyway, so I think a consistent and flexible routine is valuable. Do you have any sleep cues, Erin? Yes, we say dodo. Oh, it's time for Dodo. (laughs) (laughs) And he'll say, no, Dodo, no. (laughs) Uh, Number five, learn your baby sleep cues and put the baby down when the baby is tired. So we all have heard the typical yawning, rubbing the eyes. They kind of zone out, mild fussiness. You know, it's easy to just kind of wait until they're way overtired and they go, oh, yeah, now they're tired. So I will often say try a little sooner than you think. Um, because then you haven't gotten to the point in which they're so overstimulated. Um, also, I will tell you that temperament plays a huge part in this. Um, my son is what I would call an alert baby, and he came out with eyes wide open, where is the party? And so he never showed sleep signals. He actually got ha- happier and a little crazier. So, so some- those were his sleep cues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sometimes you might have to really take take a little look at what's happening, that it might not always be the typical sleep cues that they give you. Yeah, that's how cash is. Slap happy. Yeah. Yes, exactly. there you go. Punch drunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what's the deal with overtired? You yeah, know, that's so, such a, a yeah. that concept is still really hard for me to Okay, wrap my head so around. there's a, a hormone called cortisol that kicks in and it gives you your second win. So pretty much every night at 10 o'clock, my husband looks at his watch and goes, Okay, Jen, it's time for bed. Because he knows. <laughs> sugar night night. Sugar <laughs> night night. Yeah, because he knows if I get to 11 o'clock, it's like my best energy. Like, woohoo, like, let's get it all done now, <laughs> right? And so, um, so cortisol all happens also for the kids. And so that's where you can tell they're just so tired, they need to, but they can't it's like trying to go to sleep with four cups of coffee so got it uh-huh so you want to give them the opportunity to sleep before cortisol kicks in got it so try sooner okay. that's the key try sooner another one is number six respect daytime sleep make naps a priority how difficult is that Super. I, yeah because we just also want to like oh wait i just want to get that one errand in or gosh this is a great class for the baby or you know, it's so it's hard. It's really hard to make naps a priority. But there's a direct correlation between night awakenings and early rising with sleep deprivation. So uh, naps are important. So um, one of the n- myths out there is is that oh, if you skip a nap, then they will sleep better. It's not true. It's the opposite. Is true. It and drives me crazy that that's the that mm-hmm. true. <laughs> right? But but that's a myth. Totally. So well, yeah. And so like there will be times though where like you know if you're driving around. And like the baby falls asleep when they shouldn't, you're like, oh no, yeah, I'm not supposed to be asleep right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. I and mean, then, is that okay if this if they're still getting asleep, but the schedule is a little different? So under the age of six months, I think you know that's an opportunity to go. Okay, we got more sleep in them. That's a good thing, and yeah. just know that their sleep schedule is going to fluctuate. Right under, we're talking about under six months of age here. So okay, yeah, you'll get a different answer from me if we're looking at over six months. Well, what about like if they do fall asleep in the car and it is their nap time? Mm-hmm. The the transfer. 
right? right. That's oh, the, yeah, the yeah. skill of the transfer. How like, can you be yeah, or in like, the house? Is, or is mom better at it or yeah. is dad better at it? <laughs> Do you just leave them in the car seat or try to put them in their crib? Because you want, you don't want him to wake up, right? If it's their I'm nap time, you do whatever you need to do in order to help that baby sleep. Keep and, the baby, and asleep, it's yeah. okay. Like it, it's more about getting the sleep than it is about uh, the position they're in. Yeah, the lo- I mean geographic location of the right. sleep. Yeah, it does not yeah. matter. I mean, obviously, uh, we we are such a world of carriers now, right? We always put our children in these. I don't know. I'm not using the right words. Not cares, but I'm saying containers. containers. Yeah. There we go. They're confined. So, um, but I'm all about baby wearing. How great is that? Yeah. Right. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, is whatever it takes to get them to sleep. Yes. The answer is yes. Get them to sleep and keep them to sleep. Yeah. And obviously if you can do it without a container, then that's ideal. But. All right. Let's squeeze in a couple more tips. Yeah. The next one is create a sleep friendly environment. So again, if you kind of think of a womb like environment where some white noise, Room darkening shades, you know, non-stimulating. The other part is is also expose them to light during the day. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You don't. That's that helps them with their sleep rhythms. And then another one is develop a relaxing bedtime routine. So again, like I said, at this age, under six months, it's not going to be very long, <laughs> um, and probably at bedtime's one that's most likely to happen. But it can be um, bath and massage. Maybe sing um, a song. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's where maybe that sleep cue. So it's probably going to be 20 minutes in length on the outside. Um, but it's it's about repetition and consistency that that association will get will get developed. I kind of mentioned earlier that your baby might need an earlier bedtime. So keep that in mind. Uh, around three months of age, if they start getting really fussy between six and nine, that might be a good cue for you to start looking at their bedtime between six and seven and then treating any awakening at that point, the same as you would at one o'clock in the morning awakening. So that's maybe where the blackout curtains can help. Yes, then I think that's perfect. And by that you mean like no added, no added stimulus. You know, no, no, like um, uh, rambunctious interaction with them. Just very correct. So point. like, whereas you may have had a a night nap, what I call an evening nap, and then they get up, and then you're like, okay, hi, and then it's this playtime, right? Whereas you wouldn't be doing that at one in the morning, right? So. So once you've shifted their bedtime to something closer to six or seven, that's when you want to start anytime they have an arousal awakening to treat it the same as you would if it was one or two in the morning. That kind of also plays into and encourage a restful night of sleep by keeping the activities low at night. So I, I know my husband used to just love to amp up the kids right, right. before bed. Yes. <laughs> so, so um, you guys, because Christine gives me that. I, I get, I can see their eyes rolling. I'm even looking at them, and you could probably hear it on the radio. I I know. So, so, you know, keep that in mind. You want to set them up for success, right? So, but there's also something you can try too, which is really great, which is called either a sleepy feed or a dream feed, where when you're getting ready to go to bed, you take a sleeping baby and you bottle or breastfeed them. And it's kind of like a top off before you go down, because then you might actually get a stretch of sleep, right? Instead of just getting to sleep yourself 45 minutes later and then have the little one wake to be fed. So um, dream feeds can be really terrific. All right, number 11, uh, try to practice, let me say one more time, practice putting your baby down drowsy but awake. So they really don't get the ability to self-soothe or self-regulate 
until they're closer between four and six months of age, right? So that's why I call it practice because you might have one of those babies temperament-wise that it seems that Sunny seems to have uh, <laughs> that have that ability quicker than others, right? So, but if you give it a try, right, especially at bedtime, um, I look at it like this. If you fell asleep in the living room and you woke up in your bedroom, you'd be like, oh my goodness, how did I get there? Like one too many mojitos last night, right? <laughs> okay, as compared to if you fell asleep in your bed and your pillow was on the floor, you'd be like, oh, that's odd, but okay, not so stimulating, right? right. As compared to if you fell asleep in your room and nothing changed, you'd be like, you might not even remember waking up. So I look at it from the child's perspective. If they can go into the crib, right, they're aware of their environments. When they go through partial arousal, it's not as stimulating because like, oh, wait, where the, where's where's mom? Where's the holding, rocking, nursing, right? That transporting. That's where they were. Right. So that's why putting them into the crib aware is such a valuable thing. But keep in mind, under six months of age, that's going to develop uh, faster in some and slower in others. And so um, it's practicing. It's not an absolute must go into the crib awake. It's, okay, let's try today. Maybe today's the day. It'll um, start working for you. All right. I think we've got time to squeeze in the one last tip. And last one is sleep when your baby sleeps. Yes. That's so hard, hard to do. do. <laughs> it's so hard to do because you want to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Uh-uh. Just like, I'm sleeping. Yeah. So. Yep. If your baby's napping, nap. Go to bed when your baby goes to bed. Do the best you can to make it a priority. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, for more information for our listeners about sleep solutions for newborns or about Sugar Night Night or anything you heard, visit the episode page on our website. We've got links to all that plus some other great resources. We'll actually continue the conversation for members of our Parent Savers Club after the show. Um, Jen's going to tell us a little bit more about some symptoms where if you do see those in sleep, that it maybe is time to call a doctor because um, that might indicate a sleep problem. So for more information about the Parent Savers Club, please visit our website, parentsavers.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Parent Savers. This is Jody with Urban Sitter, a website that connects you to friend-tested sitters. I'm here to help you figure out the right questions to ask when searching for a babysitter, such as, what qualifications should my sitter have? So you found a sitter that has experience, but what other qualifications do they have? The primary qualification to look for in a sitter is CPR certification and first aid training. If you find a great sitter who isn't CPR certified, you can always offer to pay for a class, or better yet, take one with her. It's a great excuse for you to brush up on your CPR too. Ask your sitters to dig deeper into their qualifications. Questions you might not think to ask, like, do you speak another language? Do you know how to cook? Are you willing to help with errands and household chores? These additional skills may just be the icing on the cake. It is possible to find a sitter that can communicate to your infant in sign language or help with the math homework. Or better yet, when you go on vacation, maybe you can take that sitter along with you. Okay, parent savers, it's time to say hello to your old friend Spontaneity. Visit urbansitter.com to find and book babysitters your friends know and love.
That wraps up today's episode of Parent Savers. Thanks so much for joining us. It was a really fun conversation in studio. Um, hopefully you got a couple laughs and learned a few things. We had some great tips at the end. We totally appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals, um, for expecting parents, the boob group for moms who breastfeeds, and Twin Talks is out now too for parents of twins. Um, they touch on a lot of topics that we you know might touch on here, but it's twice as exciting, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the time. That's one way to put it, isn't yeah. it? All right, next week on Parent Savers, we're going to be talking about Halloween. We're going to do a special Halloween episode, so please join us for that. <laughs> this is Parent Savers Empowering <laughs> New Parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, NewMommyMedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.